0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another of Corner Book podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my right-hand man, the TikTok myth, the man, Matthew Ordazo. Ladies and gents, people of all ages, um, we officially have our two national championships of college basketball. Congratulations to the LSU Lady Tigers and the Tigresses. I don't even know how the hell fuck you pronounce that shit. Hmm. Angel, Reese and crew, and then also to oh, fucking UConn and uh, the men's basketball team. Um, to, to be fair, to be fair, I only letter K fans get the joke. Um, UConn's run was kind of like they just beat up a bunch of mid teams because they had this shitty middle of the season. And by the end of the season, they had a bunch of mid to low level teams. One great defensive team in San Diego State, and they kicked the shit out of them. UConn was a number one team in the country. Don't get it twisted. This reminds me of North Carolina when they won in 2017, where they just are kicking everyone's ass. They have had a semi-comfortable road to the final, and then just kicked the shit out of a team who had no business being there. But uh, although, listen, all respect to you, congratulations to UConn. Listen, winning a national championship is still like one of the hardest things to do in sports. So, credit to uh, Dan Hurley and the boys. Um, but also fuck you, Gun. Um, <laughs> uh, my Tar Heels will be back. Um, yeah, but can we, Matt, I want to get your opinion about this whole Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark thing because this was from Sunday. We t- it was talked about at nauseum. I heard two theories, one from Shady and uh, Rick Buecher, and one from, like, the general media. I'm not going to go all full Dave Porter or that scumbucket. Um, uh, Keith Oberman. I fucking – you guys know how much I hate Keith Oberman. But I will say this. When uh, Caitlin Clark did the little you-can't-see-me thing, it was to her teammates on the other side of the f- stadium. Angel Reese – as much as she's the most outstanding player of the tournament, if she is she if if she if there's a top three players in college basketball right now in terms of popularity and dominance, she's number two behind Clark. She's well deserving most outstanding player of the women's tournament. But she also like chased Clark down like Clark with disrespect. Listen, I'm not gonna knock on somebody for talking shit. Angel Reese, talk your shit, girl. Go do your thing, right? I ain't gonna knock you for it. You live your life, do what you got to do. I'm just saying, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, come on, like it wasn't like Caitlin Clark walked up to you and started running her mouth. But whatever, you know what? Win, do your shit. Just, just be warned, because if they come back next year and it's Iowa LSU in the in the tournament, and Caitlin drops a forty burger on you, whoo, he gonna be eating you up. So just listen. Keep that same energy both ways. But, listen, congrats. Uh, go for it. The other one was uh, that girl from I, – I was hearing about this. this. This tournament's been chippy. You got my my girl Dawn Staley, big Eagles fan, fellow fan, member of Bird Gang Nation. Wore, like, Hertz jerseys and, like, Reggie White jerseys all through the tournament. Loved it. But um, apparently there was also – you also had the girl from Louisville who was, like, starting shit with people from, like, Texas – And like I'm like, oh, listen, women's college basketball. We've grown up around it, Matt, because you know, because of our where we did our internship at uh, Webster Bank Arena, which always hosts games. Also, because we're from Connecticut with UConn. But women's college basketball, low key, always kind of brings the energy. Where it's like, listen, I'm not knocking women's sports whatsoever. I think women's sports are very important. I think they're very well. They should always be prioritized, and they should always be put to the top up there with men's sports. Women's college basketball is one of those sports where it just has an entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what happens when they go to the WNBA. I don't know what, what changes, but women's college basketball has an energy that like nothing can recreate in women's sports. Maybe women's world cup, I'd say. Um, but cause I show sure love of my girl at my, uh, my, uh, <laughs> My dream sugar mama, Alex Morgan. I still have I still have that belly up t-shirt when they won the title. Um, I will say this, right? that The tournament, like, I never paid as much attention to the women's tournaments as I did this year. I was like, shit, I'm actually watching this. This is great. This is fun. To, this is entertaining. I mean, all due respect, I, I had it on for about maybe an hour and a half on Sunday night. The refereeing was fucking terrible on both sides of the ball. So let's, let, let's put that up there. Like, I don't want to hear no more about, oh, they're just making about the refs. No, the refs called a terrible fucking game on both sides. When the two best players in the tournament both have two fouls going into the fourth quarter, that's not good. Like, I'm not saying if they're, like, but, like, the ticky-tackies of apparently that the Iowa-South Carolina game, which I saw all of 30 seconds of, was brutal. Like, it was borderline 90s men's basketball, like, kind of physical. But you know what? It sells. Physicality in basketball needs to come back. But I'm looking at this game, tournament, and I'm like, you know what? There was just I, – I will say this. Nobody had a better weekend than women's college basketball. The men's game, oh, great, UConn won. But it's like every year UConn wins It's never against, like, a bunch of, like, powerhouse teams. They seem to always win with a bunch of scrubs. And, oh, hey, UConn's there. At least the last three titles I've seen them win, but Matt, I don't know, take it away. What do you think? What what, what do you, what's your feeling after this weekend in college basketball?
1: they um, definitely enjoyed the games. Um, I thought they were all awesome. I mean, I I didn't see the entirety of UConn because um, for us over here it started at around nine thirty, and I mm-hmm. have to be up by five forty five in the morning to get ready for work. So, damn, I, bud. So unfortunate, but I was happy to wake up to a UConn win. That was who I was rooting for for the rest of this. I I honestly did think San Diego State was going to get the better of them with their defense, like what Cruz and everybody was talking about last time on the show. Um, But UConn has proved in their history of program, you cannot count them out, especially once they start to get hot in the tournament. Um, So shout out to UConn, shout out to Connecticut. Um, I've seen some uh, pretty interesting videos. Uh, I got a buddy who... Knows a guy who's seen some uh, who's uh, on patrol up in that area who's uh, seen some wild accidents happen with uh, with uh, street sign poles coming down on people. It's just they're they're going crazy out in stores, Connecticut. And if anybody's familiar with Connecticut, stores is a place where there's nothing to do. So I'm not surprised that they're treating this as as if it's like a Philly uh, Super Bowl championship again. But so I mean, with the Angela Reese thing, I I I don't think it really should have received the media attention that it had. It did. I I really didn't mind it i didn't really care it didn't bother me it didn't upset me it didn't think anything of it i thought it was good for the sport because listen women's sports is not as popular as other sports in the league it doesn't draw the same attention as others it's how it is i i, I mean i watch the college games and i think they're very entertaining and exciting um but you put the attendance you put the exposure between the two with the men's and the women's sports obviously the women's don't have as much as that but i thought it was good The sport. I I thought that was gonna bring crowds to the season next year. I thought that was gonna attract more viewerships for the games. I thought this could benefit the sport in the sense of just increasing the exposure that they're gonna get next year because everybody's gonna want to see LSU versus Ohio again. Um, I thought Caitlin Clark was doing it towards Angel Reese. Which didn't bother me. And I thought she just did it back, which also didn't bother me. Even if that's not the case, I still don't think it's a big deal. It's sports. It's competitive sports. We all have that competitive nature in it. And we all have done oh, the taunting.
0: All I was saying was like just keep that same energy. Because if oh, you yeah. don't listen, roll with the brand. Do what you gotta do. But like listen, if you don't if you try to play victim, if let's say next year Caitlin Clark drops a forty bomber on you and, and like does like a like, in your face yeah. or whatever. It's like, you know, you, you can't play victim after you started it. Yeah. It's, no, like, when you I, start, I it's like when you're in a bar fight and somebody hooks, and you hook somebody with with a right hook. And then they retaliate, hit you hard, knock you on your ass. You can't go running for the cops. Yeah. You no, I,
1: I agree. I agree. And... I fully expect Caitlin Clark to have some sort of, obviously some motivation go into next year, especially when they play each other again. Obviously I expect her to bring that attitude with her and to try her hardest to just kind of throw it back in her as in like, all right, you got the best of me last year, but that's last year. This is now. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Angel Reese had the right to say what she wanted to say, talk the talk, walk the walk. They're champions, let them celebrate, let them do what they want to do. Let that be motivation for Iowa next year to come back and do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally, I think it's going to be good for the sport. I think you're going to get a lot more viewership, oh, yeah. a lot more I attendance in at games. I love the fact that
0: there's brands. Yeah. The that and that's ex- exactly awesome.
1: Now Iowa and LSU are going to be rivals next year, and I, and I think that's cool to have that in college sports right now. So I think it was good. It didn't bother me regardless, but I mean – It you really know, you doesn't gotta, bother
0: me either. All I'm just saying is from personal experience, when you run your mouth, you better back your oh, shit yeah. up.
1: But I, we can both oh, agree I'm saying, that – I could uh,
0: give you fucks about this.
1: Oh, yeah. No, we I agree on that, and I think we can both agree. Obviously, Portnoy and Oberman just went over the top for no reason. It was just well, not necessary.
0: Portnoy was more. Portnoy was a little more reserved. I just love how Keith Oberman tries to pa- balance both sides of the fence. Dude, just pick a lane. Ah,
1: uh, I mean, Portman is a Portnoy,
0: very- We know exactly what he's going to do always. Yeah,
1: he has. Dude, doesn't yeah. He's 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 done some. He's done and said some things in the past where
0: he's hundred percent Dave. Yeah. That's what he is.
1: Hey, you know, you got to respect that he's himself and he does not care. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I think it's going to be good next year for the sport. I think everything's going to improve with viewership and exposure and everything. And I think it's going to be good for them. And then obviously, just congrats to LSU. Mm-hmm. Finally, so my like, like college getting another championship since uh, Joey Burr. There you go. All
0: right. Um, NFL was pretty quiet this weekend. Now, yeah, but it's, now it's heating up. We got so many rumors. Do you want to start talking about this shit? Because, like, all guy, of a sudden, Jets are so the only guys taking a shot at Rodgers, or what, what's happening?
1: I, I have I have no idea. So I heard rumors. I think it's smoke. I think – so I'll be I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm a Jets fan. I think it's Jets and Packers are bust. I think it's all smoke could be released on Packers. And I, he's – Rodgers is already – I think publicly vo- or vocalized that he's not interested in San Francisco or is at least told Green Bay that he's not interested in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense for that news to break because he has a no trade. He has to mm-hmm. prove where he's going to go, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, why break that? So I think this is smoke to get the Jets to up their offer. Um, and then, I don't know, Mason was saying something about the Patriots. I, I didn't hear or see anything on that. But I wouldn't A lot of weird
0: Patriots rumors have been dropping today. Like the Patriots are probably shopping Mac Jones
1: yeah that's um a little premature in my opinion, like I said before in the mm-hmm. show i i th- I don't think there's really anything wrong with Mac uh, he brought them to the playoffs his rookie year last mm-hmm. year. I mean, he gave him a defensive coordinator for an offensive coach. I mean how are you gonna really expect the guy to improve that way um so I mean, everybody has their own opinion i, I think he'll be okay this year if you just give him you know get him Bill O'Brien get introduce him the Schuster, get him somebody else to throw to. Um, they have Tyquan Thornton still, um, and Ramondre Stevenson's obviously emerging as a very good back for them. So I think he's going to be fine as long as offensively they can get that in sync again. But Rodgers, I, I don't know. I still, I personally still think it's Jets or nothing right now. I think this is a lot of smoke coming through, maybe to kind of scare Joe Douglas. But you know, him and his Philly roots, he's going to stand strong with whatever his offer is. Um, that's 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 really it with that Rogers thing. I know it's just those couple teams that they mentioned, and then apparently Odell. Got an offer from Baltimore as well. Was near yeah, that was new. Yeah, okay. Before.
0: That'll last until he realizes like Lamar ain't going there.
1: Yeah, I if I'm yeah if I'm a free agent receiver, especially somebody like Odell, I'm going to be very picky where I'm going to go. I, you want to go to Baltimore when they're probably going to draft a guy or roll with whoever they get in a trade package for him, if that happens. I just I don't know. I'm not going to Baltimore right now. If I'm free agent receiver, I'm looking at Ty- Ty- I'm looking at what's name Tyler Huntley to throw to me right now.
0: I mean, listen. If they make the trade, I said, make go get go send them to the rave, the the, the uh, Dirty Birds get De- d- um Desmond Ritter go draft Will Levis have them duke it out for it.
1: I I just I'm not I'm not on the Will Levis hype really. Like I like the a big They're white quarterback with in. a
0: cannon arm and a suspected drug test. This is Joe Flack all over again. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Already has like 10 50, He's already put 10 20 pounds on a size. It looks amazing. It's just, mm-hmm. I, you look at his stats and everything. I just, I don't know. I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent. though. Stoops
0: may maybe the dumbest OC in the SEC. I hope you real Like Kevin and Kieran over at Tilga uh, and the quad can confirm. He may be one of the dumbest OCs in college football. He is terrible to play color. Maybe may be the head coach, so I don't fucking know anymore. Kentucky uh, football we'll, a joke.
1: We'll see. I, I think he goes top 10. I, th- I still have him going to the Raiders at seven. Um, I think it's honestly a toss up. I think he can go to the Colts and I think he can go to the Raiders. I think Anthony Richardson should go to the Colts if mm-hmm. uh, Stroud and young are off the board. But I mean, we'll see what happens to that I don't know. I, it's one of those things where you got to show me, I feel like he could be like a Mitchell Trubisky of the draft. Somebody that can kind of shine a little bit, but then just kind of dies out while everybody else still continues to progress. Um, but he's, he, it's an interesting moment Baltimore with that one. Um, I don't know if I. You think Lamar will go to Atlanta? I, I mean, it's, it's a fit. I mean, they've used, they've done it before. They can make it work again. I just know that the comments of the owner not wanting to pay somebody like that again. I just, I don't know. I know, like you said, he doesn't want to get burned with another Vic type contract.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be weird. I think right now it's like everything's on a hinge pin we're in that weird in between between free agency and the NFL draft. Like we're going to start hearing a lot more shit draft time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be piling up in a couple of weeks. I mean, like, you know, we, there's a lot of question marks like, Oh, you know, are we going to see Rodgers get dealt before then? Is Odell going to sign somewhere? Is Deandre Hopkins going to get traded? Um, you know, who's, is anybody going to move back up into the draft? There was rumors about, um, the Colts should trade up one spot to three, which I think is stupid because the Cardinals are not going to get rid of Kyler Murray. So you don't have to, but yes, maybe they're worried about somebody else trap jumping in front of them. Um, so there's a lot of just a lot of what ifs are going to be popping up on Twitter and everywhere from now until the draft day.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to talk about NFL draft prospects. You ready for the smoke? Oh,
1: I'm always ready for
0: that. All right. So this is a weird year. And this may be the... May, you know what sucks? I'm, I bit down hard on a pretzel. My mouth was fucking bleeding. Like it poked the top of the ridge of my mouth. And it's fucking killing me right now. So I'm just <laughs> slamming beer and water to try to like stop the bleeding. But all jokes aside and all my personal injuries aside. We have a loaded... Loaded tight end class. I'm ready for it. So we're just gonna go one to five because we still have to talk. Le- those three good l- offensive linemen, the ones that are all gonna go first round, and then we got interior defensive tackles to close the show. Yeah,
1: those offensive linemen are probably gonna go between the f- picks like seven to fifteen.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, number one's Dalton Kincaid, out of Iowa. He's two forty. He's a big dude. He's not elite speed wise but great blocking um he's decent blocking uh route running abilities on point I guess the pro comp for him is like almost like a zach Ertz, kind of
1: I agree with that I had him pretty um, much similar for that
0: I'm gonna say this right now before we go because we're not gonna do sleepers I have one sleeper and that is my boy will Mauer out of Miami Dude ran the fastest 40 time out of all tight ends, had the second-highest high jump, fifth-highest bench, but didn't put up great t- stats this year because he missed half the season. I'm just saying.
1: Are we doing one for one and then just going back and forth? Or are you doing yeah, your do five? Then? One. Uh, I'm going to go a little differently. I'm going to go Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Um, solid tight end. Um ideal frame for that position six four and a half 249 pounds um this man can do it all he can catch for you he can block for you my opinion is the number one tight end in this draft uh most complete in my opinion uh my cop for him is, uh, is jason witten when i hear he can do it all catch and block that's the first thing i think of is jason witten right there so that is my number one and that's my comparison for him i think he'll be a late first round pick like i i I really see the Cowboys tossing back and forth between trying to get Bijan Robinson or going to replace Dalton Schultz.
0: So Zach Kincaid didn't run. Well, wait, Mike Meyer, Mike Meyer ran a 4-7. That's not bad. No, um, not
1: terrible.
0: Okay. We're going back to me. I have Michael Meyer too. You said everything I needed to say. Big physical runs a four seven. It it says it all right there. He's not going to be a. He's not going to blow past you like a Kyle Pitts or um. My pro conference was like a Dallas Goddard.
1: I see that big guy.
0: Big guy could block in, not blazing speed, but fast enough.
1: Can make come down with those catches that you need him to. Just doesn't make those basic wide open ones. Yeah. Uh right. number two for me is your number one going Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Uh, premium pass catching tight end, solid route runner with sticky hands. It can make the tough congested catches when you need him and also possesses some good speed and catch radius. Um, my comparison is the same thing for you. Pretty much I got him as a Philly tight end, like a Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard kind of thing. Um Dallas, I mean uh, Zach Ertz mostly. Um, but another he's an underrated tight end that I think is easily can easily be anybody's number one tight end on their list. Um I think he can go – I think he can squeeze into the first-round pick. He could even go before Michael Mayer. It's really, you know, obviously any team's preference. I think they're that close to one and two pretty much is what I'm trying to get at. Um, You can't go wrong with either of them. But I I like him as a Zachary's type guy.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. um, I'm going to go at three. I'm going to go with Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Listen, Iowa always produces tight ends. They've been known for it. Hawkinson, Fant. Kittle, Laporte is a freak, bro. Four five. I mean, he's not as fast as Mallory on the on the on the front end speed, but like six three, 32 inch arms, two forty five. He's a big boy. Um Racked. Uh, didn't do the bench, which scares me because mm. it's two twenty five. I've even put up twenty reps on that. My small ass. So yeah, it's I don't know, but the ten yard split wasn't bad at one five nine. 35 inch vertical jump at 240 is impressive.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: I look at him like a um, Mike Ksiky kind of where he's like he's not big, <laughs> super physical, but like he's gonna get open.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, that's exactly how I feel. I also have uh, Sam Laporta number three. Um, similar reasons. Um, you mentioned he didn't bench, kind of concerns me. I wonder if he had an injury or if he just wasn't confident in the amount of reps that he was going to put up for that position. But like I say, good speed, speedy tight end, ability to break away from defense um, defenders, making the easy catches. Um, not not a big congested catch kind of guy, like not somebody that's going to always come down with that difficult catch. He's more of a what, like a, just an easy route run kind of catch. Um, not a great run blocker, but can get the job done offensively. And I think if he can just work on some of those blocking tools, he can be a very good tight end. My pro comp is exactly what you were saying, Mike Kusicki. Um when I hear a guy that's okay at blocking, but it's just a good tight end receiving wise, I like, I just think of Kazicki right away. But Sam Laporte, I think, can surprise a lot of people. Like you said, he's from Iowa. That is tight end university right mm-hmm. there. Um I feel happy with any tight end I'm gonna draft out of that school. Um so I think he's gonna be just fine in the NFL uh probably more of a day two kind of guy. Um but Sam LaPorta right now is my number three.
0: Alrighty, number four. I'm going to go with – is it bad I'm not buying the around Washington hype as much as everyone else is?
1: No, that's fine because then our list will be a little different. Mm.
0: I think he's good, but he's just basically the same body type as Mallory, but just because he ran like a crazy 40 at 6'5", everyone's like, oh, my God! And I'm like <laughs> – I'm looking at am like – 454 four versus the 464. Four. There's a two-inch difference. I, I I don't know, man. I just though disrespect my boy Mallory's getting criminal, and I think he's going to be like the kind of the Gronk of the draft where he's a sleeper tight end. Um Luke Musgrave. Now this dude, 6'6, 250, big boy. Um 4'6 1. Not terrible in the 40 time, 36 vertical, which is crazy for 6'5. Gives me those like freak athlete, big, like hard to bring down tight end vibes. I I don't know if you want to go all the way back to kind of a Tony G kind of vibe. I'm not, listen, body play style and the way he works reminds me of Tony G. I'm not saying he's going to be Tony G, arguably the greatest tight end of all time. See, Zerline has his pro comp as Dallas Goddard. I think it's. I think it's more of a Gonzalez look because Goddard's a little more physical, but I, I do like the whole, um, I do like the, uh, you know, I do like the, uh, the comparison to Dallas Goddard. I think it's not a bad idea.
1: Sorry. I got, I heard what you said. My fiance's family said that they were all going to Olive Garden. So I had to quickly judge them and then get back <laughs> to where <laughs> Cause they were like, what's wrong with that? I was like, you might as well go to my McDonald's anyways. Uh, I'm gonna switch you up a little bit at number four. I'm gonna go darnell out of out of um out of Georgia. um a big boy, big boy tight end at six seven, two hundred and sixty four pounds but he ran he pretty much essentially almost like ran his weight in the forty like he he's two hundred and sixty four pounds he ran a four six four forty. I think that's kind of funny. but mm-hmm. fast guy running a four six at two sixty four at that position. rare size tight end prospect not easy guy to bring down. A lot of potential to be a dominant run blocker with improved technique, but a massive frame full of just pure power and strength. Um, my comparison kind of reminds me of like a more athletic Mercedes Lewis, like somebody that's going to just have a big impact on the game for you, but just may not be flashy. It's not going to have that like six catch for like a hundred and whatever yards and a touchdown kind of performance. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just going to do a lot of fundamental things to get the job done, like block for you, create some holes for you, just make those quick little like five yard first down kind of catches um, so I got, I got a more athletic Mercedes Lewis for him, but I got him at four kind of like as a sleeper that I think can just kind of, I just, I think it's just fun to just, just draft a six four seven two sixty four guy and just see how that goes for you. I don't know. It's a big fucking guy, but we'll see how that goes for him. That's my number four.
0: All right. Uh, my number five is Donald Washington. Listen, I think he's going to be a freak athlete. I think he's just above. I think his combine hype is what's keeping him up here. The Darren Fells comparison is perfect. I think he's a big physical freak tight end, but is he going to be good? We don't know. Um, I still think I will put money that Mallory has a better career in the NFL. I think that he had a better combine. I think everyone's like, oh, he, he struggled. It's like, oh, Miami's offense was horrible this year. Josh Gaddis should be put up on war crimes what he did to that offense this year. That oh, man yeah. literally heisted the entire College of University of Miami. So do not hold Will Mallory accountable to that. Um, so him and Fells is my number five, but like Mallory's my 5A. That makes sense?
1: It makes sense. Why not
0: Fells? Um, Washington. Sorry, Jake. Keep he, this pro
1: My uh, My number five, last but not least, is Luke Musgrave uh, out of Oregon State. He is just a just a good tight end, just quick hips, quick feet. He's got a good burst off the line, creates solid separation from his defenders. Um, I kinda he's a big guy too. I kind of got him as a comparison with the Dallas Goddard. Like I was going back and forth between him and Kincaid. I feel like Kincaid's more of a Zach Ertz and Luca is more of a Dallas Goddard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um But this is a deep tight end class, regardless of who we have in our top five. Um, Luke, I think, is kind of be like a middle of the pack kind of guy in the draft. Kind of wise, just with what everybody needs. But it's a deep position. I'm excited to see where everybody goes. Um, That's my number five right there. Probably why Mm -hmm. Dalton Schultz only signed a one year, nine million dollar contract because he
0: could just cash in. This tight end class is loaded. This is the best tight end class I've seen in a very long. I think. I think the fan Hokkinson class, the last time I've seen like anybody mm-hmm. of this like kind of caliber coming out in the first round. Oh yeah. All right. Right, to talk tackles quick.
1: Let's do let's do it.
0: All right. Who's your number one tackle?
1: <laughs> ah, it's a toss-up between Pete Skaronski and Pete Skaronski. So I'm gonna go with Pete.
0: Jesus. The, like, give it away Was anymore. Um explain yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. I okay, like Pete. Okay. Oh,
0: yeah, I sorry. like Pete too. Honestly, like they're they're talking about like the Eagles like taking Pete at ten, and I'm like, mm. why to put him at guard? The fuck. I mean, you that's could, never man. been the Eagles' way of doing business. We find a guard in the fifth round; and he's a Hall of Famer. That's <laughs> usually how we do our things. That's the exciting extra.
1: thing about him, though. You could. He's got the size to play guard if you really need him to. He's versatile like that. But, mm-hmm. I, like you said, that's not really a Philly way to go. There's a lot of other things Dude, I think they're going to address six, in the first four, round.
0: 315. That's a big fella. A my favorite hand. highlight tape is him on Hutchinson. That is like from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's I, have, my, uh... I have Skronsky as number one as well. I have PJJ as my number two. He's a freak. He, he, he reminds me a lot of like, a bigger Lane Johnson mm-hmm. or a Jordan Mailata, where he's just a big, rangy tackle. He's got a lot of athleticism. Uh, and then my number three, I have Anton Harrison out of uh, uh, Mason's alma mater, Oklahoma. I like Harrison a lot. I just think the problem is Harrison's run blocking scares me. There's a lot of times where I'll see him either be out of position or he'll scrape too short Maybe it's because I played left tackle and I kind of get the basic gist of the position enough to, for a high school athlete, but it's like I'm looking and I'm like wait a minute, there's some things missing here, but he's getting away with it cuz he's a freak athlete. Um it says here on PFF, it's like light-footed pass protector. Usually PFF gets things wrong. They're kind of on this. I I kind of see him kind of like he may have issues down the line. Like scraping. Um, the other one I love, but like he didn't make my top 10. I think he's gonna be a second rounder is Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Three, uh, six, four, three 10. Big dude, mean. Kind of reminds me of Evan Neal last year, where he's just a bulldozer. There's not a lot of pass blocking ability, but George really has ever had the pass that much. So that's my uh that's my look at it.
1: That was your first, what, three?
0: That's my three with an honorable mention. So you can finish up on this, and we'll go to eat tackles.
1: I got, obviously, Pete Skronsky at number one out of Northwestern. Um, out of everybody in the, in the draft at his position, I think he's the most pro-NFL-ready lineman. Um, he's got excellent footwork and hand usage against blocking defenders, against the spin move, um, explosive right off the snap. Uh, Some of the concerns with his size, like you mentioned before about guard um, had I've heard people mention, like, what if he transitions to guard, which if he could be versatile like that, he would be very valuable for a certain New York team that can never have healthy offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. So, so I would love for him to go to the jets because you just never know if Dwayne Brown and McKay vector are going to get hurt. Um, I kind of, I got a pro comp for him. I kind of like a little comparison with him and Zach Martin. Um, I think, um, that's my comp for him, but I, I think he's going to be the best uh, offensive lineman in the draft. I think he can go top 10. Um, I would love for him to slip to 13, but I think he could realistically go 10 to, I had him at Atlanta, my mock draft. Uh, number two, PJJ, like you mentioned before, um, long athletic tackle uh, could use a little additional technique work, but a versatile offensive lineman who can play both tackle and guard, good timing off the snap. Um, in my opinion, I think the fact that he can play guard and tackle for a team is going to be very valuable for them. Um, just put some at, and put them at number two mostly because um, the value of where he can play either if he really needs to. Um, like I was mentioned before, it'd be very good for teams that just can't have guys stay healthy and they need to move some guys around. Last year we had Elijah Vera Tucker play um, right tackle, and he's a left guard. <laughs> so there, sometimes you got to make some movements. And if he can, if he's just uh, I can win for the team, so be it. I, I like him with Brian O'Neill from the Vikings with that one. Okay. Um, and then my third is Broderick Jones. With my honorable mention will be Anton Harrison. Uh, Broderick Jones is a very athletic tackle, right um, out of Georgia. Solid size, quick, nimble footwork. Um, not a finished product. Um, he definitely needs a little bit of work. He's going to be a small project, but I think he possesses the athleticism to be a long time starter in the NFL. You mentioned Evan Neal. I like Andrew Thomas with him as well, just because I know Andrew Thomas struggled his first year and then really picked it up the last couple of years. And I think that could be a similar situation with Roger Jones, and I definitely think he goes uh, top 20 in the draft. And then honorable mention, like I mentioned, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Um, Underrated prospect, gets a lot of love right now, and he deserves it. good size length for his position. Could struggle against NFL speed um, defenders. Has to work to improve his game, but possesses the size and strength to start in no time. Um, and I had him compared to Taylor Mowen.
0: Hmm. All right. D tackle something. Let's get to Matt. We finally made it to the defensive side of the ball, baby.
1: <laughs> this is right. a.
0: Okay. Solid so next week, of course, we're doing edge rushers, D ends, and linebackers. We're doing a three for this episode. So we're doing D tackles only. So interior guys. So no Miles Murphy, no Andrew Van Ness, no Will McDonald. I'll allow Ben Ojolari, because he's a big fella.
1: Works for me, though.
0: All right. Number five, Ben Ojolari. B.J. <laughs> um LSU struggled this year, but Ojolari was fun to watch because he just kind of was always in the play. If that makes sense, he always was kind of around. I, I don't know how he's going to translate. Um I mean, he's a. It, his his combine is his combine was great for his size. A four five nine as an interior guy is great. My my biggest problem with Ojolari is that his production wasn't perfect. But besides that, he's going to be probably a solid starter in the league. Like a lot of these D tackles, not named Jalen Carter, are hard to identify because a lot of them had great seasons and probably be first round picks if it wasn't for the two guys who are at the top of this leaderboard. The fact that pronounce his name right makes me so happy.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned, uh, I'm glad you gave the, uh, the okay on Ojalar because he also was my number five. Um, I feel the exact, pretty much same way as you do. I, I think production wasn't really there, but I think he has a lot of potential to be very talented in the league. Um, stand up rush linebacker with upside as a pass rusher, but inconsistent effort stopping the run at times. Um, definitely, definitely a project, but he's he's he is a very intriguing um prospect. And I, if he could just work on some things, I think he'd be very talented in this league. Um, I kind of like the comparison of like a Harold Landry, somebody that kind of took a year or so to get kind of get his foot off the ground, but um, that would be my number, number, number edge five linebacker
0: to a D tackle. I love this. <laughs> I was going to think yeah. maybe you say Jeffrey Simmons because Simmons took a year to get his shit together.
1: I've got I've got Simmons for somebody else. You, you could very easily make that comparison. You could even say Quinnen Williams with the fact that it also took him a year to get off his feet too he had a terrible – well, not terrible. I shouldn't say terrible. He didn't have a very good rookie year. Thankfully, he's had amazings two through four. Um, All
0: right. We'll go to number four here. Um, my phone is malfunctioning as usual. Stupid stupid brand new iPhone. Um I was gonna put Clancy, but I'm gonna I, I guess uh, it's weird. Like I mean these rankings are stupid. I had my shit together and they're like messing it all up. I I guess I'll go with uh I'm I fuck it. I'm only doing four. I'm going all right, all right down to three. I don't care. I thought I had a I had I thought I had a third, but I don't. So we're gonna just go with our top four favorite defensive tackles because fuck this shit. Um, yeah, number four I got Calaisa Cansey K- out of Pitt. And if I hear one more Aaron Donald comparison, I'm gonna slap somebody. <laughs> Aaron Donald is basically Black Thanos. Okay. Yeah, so man, talk, just this man is not me. normal. He's a fucking alien. Him, Chase Young, Hassan Reddick, Miles uh, Miles Garrett, some of the, these, some of these guys on defense, Nick, even Nick Bosa, um, these guys were fu- Kyle Pitts. These guys are fucking aliens. Okay, just stop. Like, <laughs> don't compare these poor kids to these these dudes. Listen, Kansas could be that dude, but he had an okay college career. He was decent. He was good at pit. But it's also Pitt. The two true. guys that have ranked ahead of him are premier top ten prospects. I like I like Canty though, because I like Canty. He's just he's just a freak athlete. Ran a four, I believe six seven. Yeah, four, six, seven. The guy's athlete scores off the fucking hook. Um, his production score was solid, especially for his height. He only did the ten yards, but. No bench press, no shuttle. He didn't do any drills besides run the 40, which I, I, I don't know. This, mu- Daniel Jeremiah compared him to John Randall. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, no way. Oh, my God. I uh, saw
1: pro football focus. They dominate. Oh, easily. Which makes more sense than John Andrew Randall.
0: Wrote, oh, I should have noticed. Fucking Lancer wrote this shit. Oh, I saw a
1: PFF give him a comparison of Dominique Geasley, which made a little more sense than uh, that. I can that, that I can him.
0: roll with. Okay, that one makes a lot of sense. Okay, but like, come on, man.
1: <laughs> Mind, I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go Maisie Smith, um, physical, okay. and athletic, defensive tackle, possesses solid size and quickness for being 323 pounds. Um, good footwork and athleticism as well. Um, underrated prospect. I think he's, he's, he's my number four right now. Um I had it between him and can and uh, Clint and Kansy. Um kind of got edged out um with Maisie Smith in there. But so for number four, I got him and my comp for him is going to be Don Terry Poe. I've seen a lot of people write about it. And the more I kind of look into it, I can, I can see it just a giant man like that. Um, So I, I got Maisie Smith ahead of Cancy in this one.
0: There you go. Um, I had I had Smith as my honorable mention. That was the one I had circled as like a maybe, but I just I don't know. I just like a lot of these guys. Like it's it's weird because I want to give a lot of these guys a benefit of the doubt. The problem is like I don't I haven't like it's hard to evaluate D tackles. Really, it is because if you showed me my uh, Fletcher Cox's tape from what ten years ago, yeah, all you see is him absorbing double teams. Mm-hmm. It's not like in Dominican Sue, where he basically was the Heisman winner or Jordan Davis blowing up plays and then running over taking 40 time. All right, I'm going to go to number two. I think if he's not your number two, you, you got to get your head checked. It's uh, Brian Breezy out of, or Breeze out of uh, Clemson, retro sophomores. The dude's like 20 years old, six five and a half, two a just under 300 pounds. Great production. Could have ran a 4'8'6, 22 reps on the bench. A little low, but you know, I'll take it. Um, they compared him to Grover Stewart. I had to look up who this was. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think that's a little disrespectful to the man. I was gonna say more of a Cullen Jenkins. If you remember Cullen Jenkins from those Packers, Giants, Eagles days, I see it. So that was my pro comp for him. I like the kid a lot, honestly. If we still ran like a three-four, I'd say sure. But we ran like a three-three hybrid, and we've got a lot of good guys who are like those versatile kind of end kind of positions, like Milton Thomas. I'd say this dude is going to be a great fit on a team that runs a solid three-four edge rush. So, um, I do like I do like Brian Brise a lot. I think he's going to be a very solid player. I think he's going to be like he might make a Pro Bowl here and there, but he's it's. I think honestly, a, a mid fifteen pick, like ten to fifteen, is his range. I think somebody's going to try to overdraft him because they're going to panic as Carter's off the board.
1: Yeah, I can see it. They're going to want to Well, like Brizet also
0: is only ranked this high because there's only one really good all-world D-tackle this year. Am I am I agreeing with you, Matt, that you have uh, Brizet as your number two?
1: I do. Okay. Um, young athletic interior defensive lineman. Uh, my opinion could be like – could be a medium risk but a high reward um just a young guy doesn't have maybe as much experience as others might have it but he is just a big and physical guy that i think will could get overreached for like you were mentioning i think there are gonna be some guys that go before him but i still think he's the second best in this one um he's got to potentially be the top nfl defensive lineman if he can um uh, so if I don't even know what the heck I just rolled for a hot second, but improves his game is what I meant. I thought I said in place. It's not even a word. Um, it stays healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be a Nadamakin an Sue minus all the bullshit antics that he would do on the field. Um, but I, he's a big man. He's physical. I think he could be very good in this league. Um, I have him right behind Carter, like you do. But I can very well see a bunch of guys going ahead of him. Um, so I. I, I, guess, I don't know, man. I could really see him going to, like, Seattle the, what their um, middle of the first round pick. Like, I could, I could see some team just reach it for him. Like, this screams, like, Raiders. Like, Raiders are going to take him over a handful of other guys early. Both like
0: a Devin Witherspoon or something like
1: that. Yeah. And he's just, it's just not going to work out for him. But I forget they don't have Mike Mayock anymore, so maybe they don't have to worry about that. Um, but True, this is definitely nah, a pick, Mike. Nah. M-
0: You're going to go get a kid who could be drafted in the third round in the first round.
1: Yeah. All right, like, number three. one,
0: let's be straight up. We all know who the number one D tackle is, Jalen Carter. Now, I'm worried because he didn't test his athleticism as much as I thought he was going to. Well, dude had a shit pro day.
1: Yeah, that was bad.
0: Shit pro day. But Anything I think he's off. still going to be okay. I think he's going to be more of a stuffer. Like, everyone's talking about, like, because everyone weighed him for have, like, a Jordan Davis-level, like, combine or pro day performance. And he didn't. And the arrest thing, whatever. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah hasn't convinced that if he gets the ten, the Eagles are drafting him at ten. I really hope that's not the case. I we can go get a kid like the kid out of Pitt or B.J. Ojolari in the second round. Let's go get somebody who actually like makes a little bit more of a difference at ten. I don't know. I just the Jalen Carter thing. He could be a, an All Pro D tackle. His pro cop is Warren Sapp on this on one of the websites I use. And I love that comp, but I also worry about – I just – dude, like the – just his pro they scared the hell out of me. But he's still the best defensive tackle bar none. Oh, yeah. He was the best defensive lineman the entire year. And honestly, I think he's probably going to have an amazing pro career. So you know what? Maybe fuck it. You know what? Listen, buddy. I doubted your teammate Jordan Davis last year, and he came into my team and kicked ass. You, and, you, and him in the next couple of years with Nicobe Dean sitting in the middle of you guys behind you, nobody running on us. Um, so if Eagles draft Carter at ten, I'm not going to hate it. I just don't think he's going to make it to ten. I think Seattle's taking him at six.
1: Uh, I so I obviously have Jalen Carter number one. Um, I think he's gonna have a, a very, very similar story to Laramie Tunzel, where he's gonna, you know, he's got we obviously know about his off field issues that um arise before the draft this year. Um, you know, Laramie Tunzel with his video, he was the best player at his position in that draft, slipped down to he was projected I think like,
0: number two overall. He was supposed to go yeah, ahead yeah. of uh Wentz and golf,
1: and then he wound up going, I think it was like 11, 13. 12, so Carter's gonna have a similar story. He's the best of he's the best player at his position. One point was scheduled to go top three, is now most likely gonna go back into the ten. I think he winds up slipping all the way to um the Bears. That was who it was. I think they had the eighth pick.
0: Yeah. Um he here's be- my kicker, right? He did this whole like I'm not taking top ten uh visits through Rosenhaus. Watch the team who he thought was just stop gaps, is ah fuck this kid. And just draft somebody oh, else. Oh I, my god!
1: I, you know it's funny. I, I know it's. I know it's a movie. But when I saw that, I immediately got that. Uh, the, uh, the Bo Callahan, Bo Callahan vibe. I was like, dude, oh I no! I love that
0: dude. movie Draft Day. It makes me not completely hate the Browns.
1: Yeah, it makes me think they're actually smart for a little bit. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think he's like I said. I think he's going to slip. I think he's going to go to eight to the Bears instead of going top okay. three like he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, possesses everything you need from a skill, to size, strength, athleticism, and perspective. Um, best player at his position in my, in the draft, in my opinion. That This was who I had compared to uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Just a big, mean guy that can just... It's going to cause a lot of problems. Might get to a slow start in the beginning, but I think he's going to really kick it into gear um, towards the end of that year, if anything. Um, I think the Bears are a perfect place to really go for him. That's just a team that's rebuilding, trying to find their identity. They probably want to get back to the 85 days with that tough defense. I mean, they got... Um, Tremaine Edmonds or Terrell Edmonds, which one is it? One of the Edmonds uh, from the Bills.
0: Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds plays for the Eagles.
1: So he's a safety then. So, all right, so they got they got the pass rusher. Um I think they can add pair him with that. I think that'll be really good for them. Um so yeah, I got him as Jeffrey Simmons. Um, yeah, pro day scares me a little bit, not going to lie, but I think it was just really just everything going on off the field that was on his mind at the time. So not too worried about that, but as long as he can just kind of get his mind fresh when he gets into the season, he'll be good. But that's, that's my number one.
0: All right. Um, anything else you want to run through before we close it out today?
1: Um... Got nothing on me. I mean, this is an amazing time. This is an underrated time of the year when you get to that late March, early April. Oh, you got the March Madness is just coming to the end. You got the draft coming up.
0: Baseball this is usually just when
1: started. baseball just started. Um, you got playoffs are going to be starting up soon for, um, in oh, other sports. The
0: way, yeah. NBA playoff predictions are next week for us. Get ready. Me and Matt are going to make me, Matt and Mason, are gonna be complete clowns of ourselves, and it's going to be awesome. We're gonna do our NBA playoff brackets. Um, it should be a good time. <clears throat> you will
1: know, we'll see how many how many of us got the Knicks going all the way. If It's just gonna be. Uh...
0: That's not me, baby. Let's just hope my Wolves <laughs> can get a dub tonight, so we're not like the eighth seed again. Oh my god, we were the fifth seed, and then Towns came back and we started losing games again. He's like a <laughs> fucking disease. Oh my god, it's just like, dude, man, I just I, I'm I'm done with. Carl Anthony Towns, I want to trade him for like a, a enforcer level scorer and a draft pick. Like, let's just get him off because he needs a, a reality check. And Gobert and go Edwards got that, and Conley got them dogs in him. He's too concerned about posing with his girlfriend for Instagram. I, I just, I just, I was saying this to a buddy of mine actually um, at the Jimmy. listens to our show, and I said, I'm like, dude, one of the biggest things I want to talk about was like. If an athlete posts... What an athlete posts on Instagram tells me all I need to know about them. If you're doing some weird, artsy, hipster shit, no. Not about it. You're posting constant pictures of you going out, being out with the boys, whatever. In season, bad. Out of season, fine. If you're posting pictures of you scoring or pictures of you and your agent, great. Love it. If you are posting pictures of your kids... Love it even more. That means you are a family man. That means all you care about is providing for your children. Maybe scare me around contract time, but I still like look at it like I love it. I just, dude, if you're posting in fashion pictures all the time, doing fit checks, like, dude, I do not love that. KG would show up in a beanie, a vest, and jeans, and Jordans. Not. Some fucking Louis Vuitton tan jumpsuit. Like, get the fuck out of here, cat. Hmm. Who lost all my respect this year for how long it took him to get back. And now I'm like, I don't even want him back. He better, just, I just, I don't know. Now Nas Reid's out for six fucking weeks. But <laughs> I don't know. Oh, fucking NBA playoffs kill me. Um, But yeah. And then there's that hockey sport they play up north in that secondary country called Canada
1: yeah, uh, that's that, uh, it's that Beth Wuhaki stuff that they uh... – All
0: right, I will say this. Canada official trade. We'll give you guys Seattle, but you give us Toronto. I mean – No, 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 no. No, we'll give you the island of Portland, and we'll take Toronto.
1: And for free of charge, we'll give you all of Michigan.
0: No, I like Detroit. All
1: right. Never mind. Deal's no, off. you know
0: what? No, you know, or we'll annex you and call you North Montana.
1: Can't we just give them like North Dakota? Uh, is that Minnesota, not? No, not up the it's, it's, it's a problem. Minnesota, I think.
0: could we just give them like 40 square miles of North Dakota? Mm. I mean, that's how big Tor- Toronto is. Not that big. So fuck it. And eight, mean, that would we, that would alleviate half of their population right there.
1: Are we really going to be upset if we lose
0: Alaska? I like Alaska. They gave us Mark Clareth.
1: Yes, we can get rid of Alaska.
0: (laughs) That is our defense against Russia. And you know damn well, Trudeau and them losers in the Canadian Ministry of Defense won't do jack about it.
1: Oh, man, listen. If we can just, we can sweeten the deal with Alaska, and we can get Toronto, we can get the Maple Leafs, we can get the Raptors, we can get the Blue Oh, you're
0: thinking purely sports. I'm thinking geopolitical at this point.
1: Oh I uh, you can handle that aspect. I'll i t- I'll take the rest. Maybe we can get worse right. than.
0: All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, a little shorter episode today. Uh, me and Matt are being efficient, I guess. Maybe it's Mason, he's the reason we go so long. I don't know. We'll blame the rookie. Uh, either way, folks, um, shorter episode, a little lower energy of an episode, obviously, but we're just hanging out. I just want to throw a quick shout out to some of our amazing sponsors, eatofficial.com. For the best, most stylish 80s way of life sunglasses around, promo code corner booth 10% off. Belly up 20 is the promo code for candidates.com, promo code quarter booth. Um, manscaped and uh, true classic tees for 20% off. Either of them, you hit up belly up fantasy for some of the best apparel and some of the best, um grooming things for your man area and last but not least also for beards too I that beard trimmer is awesome I love it and our newest sponsor Mahler Brothers uh promo code belly sports for 15% off uh some of the best golf attire and it's very comfortable I just ordered my camo my camo uh polo for the season I'm ecstatic it should be here in a week and yeah that's about it ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you stopping by um Don't be a stranger. Come check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, for as long as we have it, Facebook, YouTube. Um, We will be live on Thursday. We hope you guys enjoy your week. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Podcast Network.